think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the desert. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to just have another conversation, another chance to just grow in our faith, grow in our servanthood. And none other than Servant Leader Kevin Hubbard is here today, Coach Hub, to be able to do that. He is the defensive coordinator, watch me now, of the Catholic University of America. I had to punch that in there, y'all, because I left that out. So I know I'll make up right now, right today in this hour, but I'm super excited. We've been talking for a couple of months trying to get him connected on here and the time was right. God's timing is always perfect. And this man of God, this servant of God is going to have an amazing message for us today, amazing conversation just to help us build and grow. So coach, I thank you for your time. Time is that one thing in life that once we give, we cannot give back. And I just appreciate you being here. So I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners and we'll get started for today. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, like you know, like you said, it's been kind of a kind of a chore for the two of us to kind of make things work out. And, and like you said, uh, God gonna work it out how He gonna work it out. And, and I'm glad I'm able to be I'm here. here. See, uh, and uh, share and share with everybody. Um, Coach Hub is my you know that's that's how I'm known uh, affectionately. As you said, my name is Kevin Hubbard, um, and. You know, Chelsea and I talked a little bit before getting started here tonight and pretty much don't want to be scripted. I know the first thing, you know, I, I had to tell myself, man, don't you get on that girl podcast and get to preaching and take up the whole hour now. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the best I can. I do have a little bit I want to share with you all, but a lot of it, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, the bulk of it, I'd say is um, I'd like to share, you know, just about me, uh, some, some things about me and then uh, and, and, and then kind of allow it to, 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 to take us into the, to the, to the brief message um, that the Lord laid on my heart that I wanted to share um, with you all. I know um, when uh, Chelsea and I were talking and trying to pin a date down on the calendar, she, you know, one of the things she talked about, she said, you know, here lately, you know, the conversations have been about, you know, tools in our toolbox as servant leaders. Um, and uh, for anybody that, you know, might be tuned in that, that is not, um, familiar with the Servant Leader podcast. Um, I've been tuning in and watching uh, and, and enjoying every conversation uh, tremendously. Y'all uh, bear with me for one moment here while I look down on y'all. I apologize, but I keep running my mouth. Um, but, um, you know, just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a good time in the Lord. I enjoy it tremendously uh, when I'm on. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm honored to be able to be here uh, and, 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 and be a part and be a part of what's going on with the Servant Leader Podcast. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Um, I grew up born and raised in D.C. Um, 
you know, I know some of you right now, but like, man, nation's capital, that ain't what I'm talking about. I'm from North Carolina, but the deep country part, that's the DC deep country. <laughs> I'm from the deep country of North Carolina, my hometown, got one stoplight. I think they got another one nowadays though, but we had one stoplight when I was coming up. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small place, it's uh, 2,200 people when I was there. And, and I had every intention of making it 2,199 and getting myself out of there. But uh, I got out, I enjoyed going back. A lot of wonderful people still there. My family still there, my mom and uh, all of my family still there. So I try to get back when I can to, uh, to, 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 to spend time with my family. But grew up down in the country of North Carolina. Um, and when I, uh, when I think about my upbringing, uh, the thing that stands out to me the most, the one thing that I cherish the most, and, and I share this with my mom, every chance I get is I'm thankful to her for raising me and my siblings in church. Uh, you know, I, I, oh, she might get tired of me. She might think, boy, did I do anything else for you? Uh, well, if she didn't, that one thing she did, it's just been so profound for me. Um, and cause I know where I come from and I, I know where I've been and I know some of the, some of the things that I put myself through and, and how I made my life a little more difficult than it should be, but because I had that spiritual foundation that mama gave me, uh, here I am today, here I am today. And, and I'm truly, truly thankful for her. Um, my mom is, is the oldest of five. Um, there's her, she's got a brother and she's got three, three younger sisters. Um, my mom has four children, I'm her youngest. And I, I don't know how many children my uncle has, to be real. Uh, but then my mom's sister that's under my uncle, he, uh, she has four. And then so the eight of us all grew up together. And so tonight I might say something about one of my brothers and I might be talking about my cousin, but that's just how it is. They, they my sister cousins and brother cousins. They know um, it is what it is. We was just close. Uh, people to this day don't know if my aunt's my mama or my mom was my mama and the same for all of them. But uh, we was just a little country family. Uh, the church doors were open. We were in there. Uh, and, and, and we didn't miss a beat, um, you know, that foundation just has, has been, has been extremely profound for me and, and, and my siblings. And, and so we're truly thankful God has done a, amazing things from us to see where we came from raised on welfare. Um, you know, we, I, I, I perfected the art of cutting a brick of cheese, that government cheese, you got a thin slice if you're going to make toast. All right, you got to know how to do that, and then you, the knife Come not on now. the knife not gonna be sharp. You know that it's gonna be, you know we in the hood, knives weren't sharp in the house, and so then I had to learn how to how to cut a chunk when I wanted to just eat it with some crackers and cut it up. And I mean, so you know, I I grew up in that environment. We had boxes in the in the in the cabinet that said milk, and a box that said eggs, and you put some water in them things, and it turned into whatever the box said it was. And so that's how I was raised. And, 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 but the beautiful thing about, I talk about that spiritual foundation, the beautiful thing about it, I was about 22 or 23 years old, genuinely now, I'm telling you, I grew up with powder, with, you know, boxes that said egg, boxes that said milk, um, and, and put water in them. And I was about 22 or 23 years old when I, when I realized I was poor. I never knew I was poor. And I mean, that's a testament to my mom. She's a hardworking lady, but I just thought that's how life was. You know, we would come home from school sometimes and and the first thing we do would get on the porch is, is ring the doorbell. And we would ring it 
not to get in, we would ring it to see if we heard it. Because if we heard it, we knew the power was on. But if we didn't, it was like the power was cut off. And it never moved us. It never shook us. It never shook us if that power was off. We ring that doorbell. We didn't hear it. We put our books down on the porch or open the door, stick them in the door. And then we go and have a great time that he, you know, and, and, and that's just, that was life for us. And, you know, our house was the Kool-Aid house. Everybody hung out at our house. Um, our friends would bring all, they had all the toys. They would bring all of their toys to our house with no lights and play with us in the dark, you know, and my mama would preach to all of them. She, you know, with if, and she didn't have a car. So we got picked up by the church bus. The church bus would show up to the church full of my mama, my siblings, my aunt, and all the kids from the neighborhood, <laughs> you know, cause they wanted to hang with us. And, and, and if you were going to hang with us, you were going to hear about the goodness of the Lord. And so I'm, 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 you know, very appreciative of my upbringing. I don't, I don't shy away from it. I, it's, I am today who I am because of how my mama raised me uh, in church. Um, we, we, we made it, we made it. And, and, and I'm thankful and I thank God for her. And, you know, I don't want to discredit my pops. Um, he was, he was, a, a, I love him. I love my father. My mama demanded that I love my father. She made it clear that I only had one. But he was, to me, he was a guy that brought money every now and again. He didn't raise me. He didn't teach me how to shave. He didn't teach me how to tie a tie. He didn't teach me how to ride a bike. You know, what he taught me was how not to be a father. And I'm appreciative of that. Today, when I talk to y'all, my father saved and he loved Jesus. And, and I love my daddy. And, 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 and we have a good relationship. I enjoy spending time with him when I get an opportunity to go home. He loves his grandkids. Uh, they'll never hear a bad word about him. My mama never spoke a bad word about my daddy. But I look back on my life now and I realize he wasn't there, but he just, he, he wasn't a part of that spiritual foundation. But, but, but because of the way my mom and her sister and my grandmother prayed over us and, and kept us uh, before the Lord, like I had no time for any anger towards my dad, for anything that he might, you know, any areas he may have fallen short, but I love him. So I don't want to discredit him by talking my mom up so much. She's, she's a wonderful woman, but Doggone it. I love my daddy too. Um, and, 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 and he, 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 my daddy and he always has been, always will be. And, and I love him and I appreciate him too for, for the things that he taught me by accident, you know, that he taught me by accident. But, um, you know, in talking to, to you about my mom, um, it kind of, kind of ushers in what I wanted to talk to y'all about today, just briefly. Um, and, and, you know, when I started to look at what I would talk about with you all tonight, I know I didn't want to be too long, um, but initially I was going, because we were talking about tools in the, you know, in the tool bag for the servant leader. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was loyalty. It was about being loyal. And, and, and I, you know, one of the first things I learned in the coaching profession, I had a coach tell me, he said, if you ever get it, when you get a good head coach, don't mess with that. Don't mess that up. And I've had some bad ones. I've had some that, that I just, you know, I want to go into it, but I've had some bad ones and I've had some good ones. And the guy I work for now is, is amazing. He's amazing. Love him. He's a great family man, um, believer. And I appreciate him. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of me wanting to do well in my job, you know, we hear people all the time talk about you want to do well. You got to make your head coach look good. If you're a coordinator, the assistants have to make you look good. And yeah, 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 whatever. You know, I, I genuinely had a conversation with my wife once and I was like, man, 
I want to do a good job because I like my head coach so much that I don't want to have to put him in a position to have to fire me. Like I, like I want to, I want to do so well, like not, not, I don't want to get fired. I'm a coach. It, I've been fired. It happens to us. That ain't, that was my concern. My concern was not wanting to put that man in a position to say, man, I got to fire <laughs> you know? And, and that, and, and for me, I don't, I, I don't know. So that I thought that's what I thought about. And, and I'm certainly loyal to him. I appreciate him. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, but, you know, in my upbringing, this, this, this spiritual foundation, you know, I stepped away as a, as a college, um, as a college uh, young man. And then later on in life, I came back to church, um, got saved. And, and so one thing I know is when you're spending time with God, you can have an agenda. And I sat down to get ready for tonight. And my agenda was to talk about loyalty and the Holy Spirit was like, I want you over here. There'll be some loyalty involved in it, but this is what I want you to talk to the people about. And so what I what I landed on was something that I thought it was kind of kind of uh unique, not unique, but uh funny, if you would, that it came out as PPP is what I uh landed on. And I know we all familiar in this COVID season about PPP. I believe it's I believe it's paycheck protection program. I think that's what the government is. And there's a lot of people out there checking in <laughs> about that PPP. Yes. We won't go there. Um, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of unique, uh, special that, you know, what I landed on was PPP, but not the same type of PPP. Um, and so I'll discuss it with you a little bit. Um, I, I, I view my relationship with my mom kind of along the lines of what I'm going to talk to y'all about. Um, mom and I talk, we don't talk every day, but we don't miss two days. I talk to her Monday. If I don't talk to her Monday, I will talk to her on Tuesday, you know, but they won't, I won't miss two days. And um, she calls me and we discuss different things, but I enjoy talking to my mama. Uh, it's uplifting to talk to her. But um, I wanted to talk to y'all about this, a Paul and Timothy relationship. Um, a Paul and Timothy relationship, I believe, and, and, in, in, in our in our Christian walk, I believe every Paul needs a Timothy, and every Timothy needs a Paul. Um, and when I'm when I'm talking about that PPP uh, deal, uh, that first P stands for uh, parenthood. Um, parenthood, and it's uh, when. We, we, we see Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says, uh, you have, me, you have um, what do you say? You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And we, we, we see that. And then we go over to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. He says, you know what I teach? Oh, I'm sorry, First Timothy, First Timothy, if you would, my apologies. First Timothy chapter one, verse two, Paul refers to him. He says, my true son in the faith, my true son in the faith, talking about Timothy. And right there, we see that, that, that kind of parent relationship with Timothy. Um, Timothy's dad was Greek. 
Um, we hear more about Timothy's mom and the females in his life rearing him um, than we do hear about his dad. We don't hear about his dad being a Christian. And so Paul takes on that spiritual father role in Timothy's life and, and, and kind of helps Timothy along the way, takes him and puts his arm around him. And so, you know, start out talking about my mom and how I feel like my mom served in that role for me to be, you know, obviously she's my mom, she's my parent, but then we had that spiritual aspect of things where she taught me and she, she helped bring me along and, and she set that foundation for me uh, spiritually and, and how I should go about uh, my life, if you would. And then, so that would be that, that first P in the PPP, that parenthood, and then the second one would be pace setting. Uh, in 2 Timothy 3, chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, it says, you know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. And right there is Paul is, is that's that foundation. Here I am, I got my arm around you, putting you under my wing, I'm taking my wing, and, and I'm going to teach you the ways of, of, of God. And but But you've been able to see my walk. You've been able to to witness me live out this life for Christ. And so 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 now that you've seen it, all right, you know how I endure and and, and the patience that I have with, with people and, and, and different things and it, as I go about my way, uh I'm setting this pace for you. I'm setting the standard for you. And again, I think about my mom and I and, and how when when I was growing up my mom taught us, like, it, no matter the situation, prayer is going to be the appropriate response. If, if misfortune fell on us, and again, let me remind you, we were on welfare. It did. You know, the response was prayer. When good fortune fell on us, the response was prayer. And, and so that is certainly. That is certainly, I have taken that pace. I have taken that foundation that she gave, that I watched her walk out, and I have embodied that in everything that I do now. Good, bad, or indifferent, the appropriate response is prayer. And so that being that second one, so you got the parent, the spiritual parent, and then that spiritual parent sets that foundation or sets that pace for you and how you should walk, gives you that foundation of, of, of how you should go about living this, this life, setting that Christian standard for you. And then that final phase of it is partnering. It's, it's partnering with you. When I, my mom raised me from, from, from the womb until I left her home, she, and until today, still she has a profound effect on me spiritually, but I, I moved down to Florida when I got out of college and I was down there for the bar. I got married, still living in North Carolina, and I've been married for one year. We moved to Florida. And we were in Florida for a very long time, till 2018. And um, while I was there, I met a man, pastor at a small church, Restoration Family Church, uh, named Reginald Carter in Jacksonville, Florida. You ever in Jacksonville and you won't. And listen, two things. If you want to hear some truth preached, let me know. I'm going to show you where to go. And then, and then if you want to eat good, he'll, he'll get after you. He'll, he'll come see you. He, that man, he's from Waycross, Georgia. 
he he from DC now. He's from deep country down and like he I love him, but he it's like God intended for him to take over where my mama left off. And so wow, wow. While my mom brought me where she brought me to in my spiritual walk, where she helped me along in my spiritual walk, she served as Paul for me in my spiritual walk. He took over at a point in my life. And, and man, I'm appreciative of, 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 of him and how he, how he allowed me to see his life. How he, he, he is truly, truly a, a wonderful spiritual father for me and my family. Um, my son, we had my son when we went to Florida, but then my girls were born under his, uh, under, under his uh, watch, if you would. And, and man, I'm just like super appreciative of him and everything that he did uh, for me and my family. And you talk about a pace, like my mom, she's awesome. She's not, she's not a man. And she, you know, she couldn't show me how to be a father. You know, she, she, she demanded that I love my dad and all of his shortcomings, but she couldn't show me how to do it. I remember sitting on, Coach, uh, on Pastor Carter's patio and him asking, you know, who taught you how to be a dad? And my response was Heathcliff Huxtable. And uh, that was just the truth. That was just the, the truth. But I had an opportunity and I'm thankful to watch him and to watch the pace right to allow him to to parent me spiritually and I, and to watch the pace watch the standard that he set father of two you know i believe him and his wife were only like 36 some odd years of marriage a uh, beautiful marriage you know both of them fired up love the lord uh but then even under his even under him i started going to attend his church in 2005 and in 2011 under some trees i was a graduate assistant at Jacksonville University, he and I met and I answered the call to ministry on my life. And uh, that was under his watch. And he kind of smiled and, and his response was something like about time. Um, but um, I answered the call to ministry and I did my initial sermon in, at his church and, and most of the sermons that I preached uh, at, at his church. And and I've been able to to do that partnering, partnering with him. And in that Paul and Timothy relationship we see in in Romans 16, Paul flat out says, Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings. And right there, that's Paul acknowledging Timothy as a co-laborer in the faith. You know, at this point, Paul is saying Timothy himself is at a place where he can disciple other people. Timothy is at a place to where, you know, now Timothy needs some Timothys. Timothy can be a Paul for somebody. You know, so now, so we went through the parenthood, the pay setting, and now the partnering. And so I, I look back on my life and, you know, the partnership with my mom, we call, you know, she called me, she keep me abreast of everything that's going on at the crib with the family. Uh, and, you know, we pray together and, and we encourage one another. And so that's me and mom partnering together. Um, and then, you know, I, I look back on sitting in the, in the pews at Restoration Family Church in Jacksonville and being fed by Pastor Carter. And then I, I see myself feeding that same flock, all right? Feeding that same flock with his guidance and his help. And so partnering with him and, and, and when I think about, you know, I think about this topic, this Paul and Timothy relationship, how we all need a Paul, we all need a Timothy. God has called us, uh, 
was it uh, Matthew uh, Matthew 28? He says, go uh, make disciples of, the, of all nations. Uh, he said, he, he called us, he, he, and it's, I believe it was Matthew 4, somewhere he says, go be, I'll make you, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's our charge. That's our charge. In your walk with Christ, you have to, you need to be in a Paul and Timothy relationship. Now, which one you are is figure it out. And, and it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple to figure out which one you are. But at some point, whether you're Timothy or not, you're going to end up having to be, needing to be Paul for somebody. You're going to come along and get to a place to where Paul, it, it's going to be your charge to be the Paul for somebody else's Timothy. And for you to parent them and set a pace for them and bring them along in discipleship and making disciples of them to help them come along and partner with you in the faith. And, you know, the, the, the last point I make, this is a little quote I like, to, I like to, to give, especially when talking about discipleship. You know, Jesus told us, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of me. You know, wherever you go, no matter what the situation is, whether you're a football coach in the locker room, drop a line in the water. Or you're a basketball coach in the locker room, drop a line in the water. You're a football coach in the cafeteria doing pregame meal, drop a line in the water. Uh, if you're a football coach going to the to the athlete to the to the academic center to talk to the tutors, drop a line in the water. You know, sometimes we get caught up with thinking that the only place we can do this ministry thing is in the pulpit at a church. And that's something that I had to understand about me is that the churches that I lead, they don't sit in pews. They sit on locker room benches. Amen. They sit on locker room benches. And so, and so that's, that's my field where I'm supposed to shepherd. Those are the sheep that I'm supposed to lead. And so I welcome that. I thank it. And, and the beautiful thing, the one thing that I don't like, I don't try not to get caught up in. I got to say, I'd never get caught up in. Christians, sometimes we wag our finger at people and, 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 and we hit them with the don't, 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 don't instead of just loving them the way God loves them. And, and Jesus, Jesus told him, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, I need you to fix them. I just need you to drop a line. And when the time is right, when you feel that nibble, snatch that rod, set that hook in their jaw. Somebody set a hook in your jaw one day. Set that hook in the jaw, reel them in with my love, reel them in with my love. And then when they get to shore, this is what I love. He said, you catch them, I'll clean them. You catch them, and I'll clean them. And, 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 and leave it at that. It's not your job to get somebody off drugs. It's not your job to get somebody to love their wife, to love their children, to love their husband, to do right on their job, to not steal. It ain't your job. It's your job to love the way Jesus wants you to love, present the gospel to them, catch them, and allow Jesus to clean Can I, I would drop my mic, but it would be feedback. Like I would legitimately drop my mic for you, or I would tell you to plug your mic back in and drop <laughs> But we know how that went before we got on. <laughs> but man, if that was not as powerful as it comes, the whole thread through, but it is also one of those things where it's clarifying for me. You know, typically when I hear things of this magnitude, I hear them over and over. And it's amazing. I was listening to a podcast this morning that spoke of that very thing. 
that talked about, you know, we what what good is it if we just continuously surround ourselves around Christian people who have already understood and accepted the faith, and that's the only individuals that we minister to. Mm-hmm. I don't. That is not helping the case. But how can we ever be fishers of men if we won't go into other realms and seek other things to help other people? The mm-hmm. other question that she said is that we try to do the whole thing. We didn't do what Christ called us to do. We try to do it all. We try to judge, pull you out, take mm-hmm. what you need to do. No, 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 no. That's not what he asked. And when you said pretty much at the end of the day, just set the hook in the jaw. Amen. Amen. I'll clean up. That reminds me of my grandpa. <laughs> and he fish. Yep, that was my dude. Rest his soul. He passed away two years ago. But he would he would fish or somebody would bring him fish and he'd go out to the back and he'd clean it. And that was his job. That's where the buck stopped. And then my grandma would come and go ahead and handle it. And, and, I, and I think that is the most amazing analogy you could come up with as servant leaders. Amen. Just do our part and understand that the line can be thrown from so many different angles. And, and I'm reminded of a coach who helped me out so much because I did. I used to feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I serve and sing at my church. But with basketball and being a coach, I would miss often and I would feel guilty about that. And he said, there's no reason for you to feel guilty. You are still in ministry. Yours is ministry sport. Mm-hmm. And you said that that hits home for so many servant leaders and coaches that our pulpit, our ministry goes outside of the church. We are the church. And right. you have to make sure that we're dropping that line. That's all Christ has us to do. Amen. We don't have to be control, in control of everything else. Drop the line and he'll handle the rest. Right. That's powerful coach. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. I, and, you know, it's, I, I got to say, that was the toughest part for me because, you know, I was supposed, you know, when I, I ran from, from, from the ministry call for two years. For two years, I sat in church and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and, and reared me and, and you know, write this down. That's a message. I'm taking note. That's a message. You need to get back to that one day. You know, that's a message. That's a message. And, and, and I'm hearing the sermons differently. And um, to to um, to answer that call for me, I, I didn't because again, I was in a very small church, um, very small. I'm talking 15 people. You know, um, and so I didn't. I didn't. I kept asking myself like. What am I, what am I going to do if I'm going to preach, who I'm going to preach to, you know, and this ain't a, this isn't a, a massive uh, operation here. Pastor Carter preaches at this church and this is what he does. And, you know, you want me to preach? Well, who I'm going to preach to, you know, and, and, you know, I started with my family, my wife and my kids, you know, and having to realize that, you know, I got to be the spiritual head, hold up, head of my house, my household and, and lead them spiritually. And, and then, and just and listen to God, listen to God. And I, I had to pray that prayer. And I had to have the Holy Spirit to, to, to confirm for me that wherever I send you, and I've been some different places. I, I coached in South Dakota. Whew, it's a long story. But, but we, you know, we started a Bible study there, still going strong. Um, and the kids were hungry for it. And, you know, I just had to accept that my, like you said, my church is not a, it's not the traditional church building. You know, that gospel got to be preached to the four corners of the earth. It's got to go everywhere, in every arena, every walk of life. They got to hear it. That's what we're here for. We get a, we get a platform 
to share with so many different types of people. It's, you know, we just, we got to walk it out. I think that's golden. And the key piece is walking it out. And then, and like you said, you know, Lord, wherever you send me. Right. To go. Now that's a bold statement. Some of which, you know, you made a statement about when you first opened up, you said, I have my agenda. Mm -hmm. Holy spirit guides me. Amen. Our whole life is set up that way. We have our agendas. <clears throat> have to continue to let the Holy Spirit guide us. Things start as a great idea from God, but then we keep our hand on it. I tell people all the time, it's almost like teaching, when I teach some a young lady or even a young guy when I train how to shoot, you got a, shoot, a shooting hand and you have a guide hand. And majority of the time when they start off, they try to have both hands on the ball. Christ mm -hmm. not asking you to have your hand on the ball. Got it. You just be willing to shoot when I tell you to. You be willing to move. Amen. And make bank when I ask you to. And so I think that when we can do that, Coach, I think that is a huge charge and call for all servant leaders is to be able to have that here I am, send me mindset. Yeah. And it, it can be scary. It can be scary. And, you know, I, <laughs> I got a little saying I told my wife uh, before we got married. I, as I expressed to you all how I was raised, um, my wife was not raised that way. Um, my wife is, is uh, she was raised with a little more than I had. And so she, she viewed the world differently than me. And so um, I, I shared this with her and not long ago she told me, she said, yeah, that scared me when you said this. I said to her, I need you to know how to be poor, but I'll do everything I can to make sure that you never are. Mm. Told her that. She said, yeah, that scared me. But I thank God that uh, it didn't scare her away. Um, and I look back on that and I realize in some of the things that God has called me to do, um, you know, I I haven't, you know, I've taken some jobs. I haven't, I haven't made a lot of money. I've moved our family for peanuts. And, you know, I went from, I went from going to her, and, and, and saying, uh, let's talk. Um, I think uh, I'm gonna take this job doing such and such, and uh, this is how much money it's gonna take out of our pockets. And having to explain to her from a point of view of professional growth, because that's where it always was. That was my agenda. But, but now it's, hey, uh, let me tell you what God said. Let me tell you what God said. And the look on her face is, is from, I look back to then to my professional agenda. She's always been on the team now. She's always been down for whatever I asked of her. She, she, she's never pushed back, never once pushed back. Um, but the agenda has gone from my agenda to God's agenda. And, and so, you know, the look on her face, she, she, she goes from, all right, let's crunch the numbers to God said that. Let's do it. Period. And, 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 and we walk it out. We walk it out and we get it done. And I think that's golden. But see, there's a security in that. And that comes also, too, from Miss Hubbard, right? That mm -hmm. security of knowing that match and understanding who Christ is. Mm -hmm. Have that. She didn't have to question you, right? Because see, I'm a question man, period. Right. I question what you, if I'm not feeling that, I'm a question that. But see, when you put God in that thing, Mm -hmm. questioning that if I'm spiritually where you are right see if I know if God gave you that vision 
And I know how your walk with him is. Mm-hmm. If God gave you that vision, he's going to get the provision. So she mm-hmm. didn't question and ask. If you said God sent it, if you said God is telling me to do this, I'm going to make bank. And her spiritual connection with you allowed her to see that. And, and, and as you said, walk it out. I mm-hmm. like that, Coach. Amen. Amen. It's been and it's, and it's been a beautiful thing. We have not, not when we look back on our marriage, our toughest times, our absolute worst times, were 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 at the, the root of it was money. Not she went and spent some money here, or I went and spent some money there, or wasted or lost or whatever. Not that it was that we were frustrated about money, and me leaving my shoes in the middle of the living room floor became a huge thing. That frustration about finances caused little stuff, you know, you ain't milk my cheese right, you know, and we were mad at each other about this stuff. And we, not until we sat back and we said, man, we got to start doing this thing. Not, not kind of how God wants us to do it. We got to do this thing just like God tells us to do it. Come on. And, Come on. and, you know, we, man, we got some stories we can tell. I, I talk about, you know, losing a job. I was without a job. I lost a job. We closed on our, on our first house in June 12, 2003. And I lost my job like July, the middle of July. And didn't get another one until October. And we praying the whole time. We praying the whole time, believing God the whole time. And when that check came in the mail, that we, we to this day, to this day, we don't know where that check come from. See, at that point though, we were out of that. We weren't, we weren't you know, we were doing that thing just like God told us to do it. And the, and, and the crazy thing about it, I remember this vividly. We sat down and I said to her, cause we, you know, trying to be responsible adults. We were young, trying to be a responsible adults. It's like, we need to do a budget. We need to sit down and write how much money we bring in and how much we spend and, and, and budget. And we said, like, all right, let's do it. So, okay, let's do it. And the Holy Spirit told both of us, don't do that. And she told me, I don't think God wants us to do that. I said, I don't either. Well, why wouldn't he, that's responsible. Why wouldn't he want us to do that? And, and then he spoke again and he said, cause if you see, you gonna know it ain't supposed to work. You ain't got enough money. You don't. So if you sit down and write all them numbers down, you're going to sit there and realize you don't got enough money. You keep tithing. You keep being faithful. You keep doing things the way that I've been having you do things. And y'all going to be all right. So that's what we did. Man, we, you could tell us nothing. We, man, we had the house laid out, decorated, looking good. She got a car. I got a car. Kids dressed up nice. We pouring into the church. I ain't got no job. Like, come on, man. And then that check come, and that check was enough to cover. The check come, it was funny. I went on a job interview. I left the job interview. I got home. There's a check in the mail to cover the mortgage for that month and the bills and some extra. Listen, that was 2000, what I say, seven? I believe it was 2007. It's 2021. I don't know where that money came from. I know where it went, but I don't know where it came from. <laughs> and, and, and he blessed us with that money. And then and then the phone rung and the woman called and offered me the job. And then I started working and boom, we kept on rolling. We kept on rolling. 
doing that thing the way God wanted us to do it. And then it ain't gonna always make sense. It don't make sense that your church is a locker room. It don't make sense that your church is a ball field or a basketball court. It don't make sense, you know, until you do it the way God wants you to do it. And you see the fruits, you see the fruits of the labor. You see that thing happen right before your eyes when, 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 when you know, player called you, had a player from 2011 call me about a week and a half ago and say, coach, God keep blessing me through you. I say, well, to God be the glory. What not happened now? And he had went on a job interview and they asked him a question and he referenced me in the question. And the man said, you know, Kevin Hubbard? He said, you got the job. And, 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 and then he looked at him and said, huh? He said, you know, Kevin Hubbard? He said, yeah, that's my mentor. Love him. He's a great man. Learned a lot from him. The man said, you got the job. It's your job. because you, And told him, because you know Kevin Hope. I said, who is this? He described him to me. I knew one guy that fit that description, and I asked him. He said, no, it wasn't him. I can't remember his name. I said, anyway, my wife, we, had, we snuck away, got us a little weekend. Um, and we were in the car, and I was telling her the story. And she said, did you look the man up? I said, no. Nah. I don't know why I didn't. She said, so she pulled her phone out, internet age, she looked the man up and she said, you don't know this man, but I do. I said, huh? She showed him to me real quick because I was driving, got to be safe. Real quick, she showed I said, no, I don't know him. Who is that? She said, he went to grad school with me. I said, what? She said, yeah, he went to grad school. I said, so why are you telling And And my boy Vinny said to me, he said, Coach, you got to know this man. He said, ain't no way this man talk about you the way he did. That man know you. That's what he said. That man know you. Ain't no way he talk about you like that. He know you. And you got to know him the way he know you. Well, ultimately what it was, my wife loved her husband so much, she would have run her mouth instead of learning in grad school. And I told these people about me over and over again. But I never met this man in my life. But hey, to God be the glory. Go now, go do your job the way God I want you to do your job and be and look and be somebody's Paul on that job, Timothy. <laughs> no, and see, that is so golden. And, and down here, you know, just shout out real quick to uh, uh, Jeremy Coleman. He said, You trusted him and he rewarded your faithfulness. God doesn't make sense, he makes miracles. I almost jumped yeah. out of my chair for that one. Come on now. And Coach Huff says, uh, you know, when you are doing God's will, your name will be in the mouths of people that aren't in your circle. Come on. Amen. Amen. All day, every day. And, you know, I'm reminded of when you spoke about how he made those provisions and you still years later don't know where they came from. And when you talked about the budget and you and your wife, even hearing his word on how you said that that would be the responsible thing. But you both heard his word and was so intent with him to recognize, okay, well, I don't know why you don't want me to do that, but much like what you said. And it reminded me, again, that confirmation, Sunday in church, um, it was our church anniversary. And the minister, the visiting minister was talking about when Christ was, you know, basically told the Israelites to trust him, right? Mm -hmm. And that he would bring manna to you daily. Just like the word says, give us our day, give us this day our daily bread, which means every single day, Right, he's gonna provide. If he provided yesterday, he's gonna provide today. But mm -hmm. what did they do? They went and tried to save it, right? Hold it, redirect it, change it into something that they thought would be made better and persevere. He mm -hmm. didn't want them to do that because he wanted them to trust that he would provide. And mm -hmm. so he made even confirmation of that. But when we're obedient 
or even go back to that first word you said, the loyalty, right? See, every time we hear loyalty, we think that that just means connection with people. Right. Huh. Could you imagine if we were legitimately loyal to God? Amen. Amen. Could you imagine a world where we truly worked on being as loyal to God as we are to people? Amen. And when we can recognize that I truly, I truly trust you to give me my daily bread every single day, just as that, like with the dew, as the dew fell, so did the man. Mm-hmm. Every day he will going to provide for me, even when I don't see it, right? I hear that, Miss Hubbard. She says, be obedient and trust in the Lord. He will always provide. And here when I say always, 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 come on here and see the problem is when we don't view it in the way that we want him to send it, we think he didn't show up. But sometimes those things that he's saying no to is your biggest blessing. Amen. Amen. See, we, we think, Coach, we think we know best. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. think our agenda is golden. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing when he show you better, though. It's when Come, he on. You better, Come on, Coach. Uh, I heard it, the, uh, the pastor of the church, son, has talked about every yes is connected to a no. and Every no is connected to a yes. And so when, when, when you're saying yes, when you're saying yes to the ways of God, then you're saying no to the ways of the world. When, when God is saying yes to you, he's, he's telling you, Yes, for your best, and no, to 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 your worst, or, or whatever it may be that might pull you away from him, and and you know so to, for 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 us to be able to get that, when he answers when he when he speaks when he directs us when he guides us, and, and no matter what it may be, to just to just to just walk in it. I, I had a pastor one time ask me. If, if God told you to, to step off the bank into onto the St. John's River, I'm talking about walking on water, step out there and walk on the St. John's River, would you do it? I said, absolutely. If it's God telling me that, I'm going to walk, I'm going to step right on out there with the quickness, with the quickness, you know, and I'm not going to hesitate. That hesitation might just be enough time for me to follow through. He'd say, step, step. I'm, I'm, he he going to get to the P. He's going to be on the, the inflection of the E. And my foot going to be on the wall. Yes, I'm going to step out there. God tell me to step out there. Just as I stepped out in a lot of other things that God has, has called me to step out into. And, you know, I haven't been perfect. I haven't made, man, I've made plenty of mistakes. And, and I'll be honest, I look back on the mistakes. I know it wasn't nothing but the prayers uh, of, of my mama and her sister availing much. Uh, to protect me, to watch over me, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but I made some a mess of a lot of stuff. I look back and I see a lot of situations that, that I could be dead, I could be maimed, be without an arm, a leg, whatever it may be. I could not be who I am today. Um, and I stepped out in that foolishness, and and since getting saved, since accepting that gift of salvation. Uh, one of the things that has just been so just been so profound for me is I refuse, I refuse to sit quietly in the army of the Lord when I was running around being a loud general for the devil. I, I was blasting my music one time going to Bible study on a Wednesday, and one of the sisters at the church heard my, my music. She said, brother, that music is a little loud, ain't it? I said, yeah. 
I was loud for the devil. I dare not not be loud for the Lord. Come, Come on here. Yeah, show sure up. Show sure up. Come on now. Look, mm -hmm. y'all on it today, right? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, right? Jeremy over here in my chat going off too. And <laughs> I mean, and it's just one of those things, even speaking on that, just going back, it's so much confirmation in your message today and God using you and speaking through you, right? And I was saying this to another young lady. I was actually um, right before my lunch break the other day. And, you know, God just said, you know, go to Matthew. And of course, naturally, it's a story that even if you don't know the word that you hear all the time about when Jesus was on the water, mm -hmm. right? And you were talking about being fishers of men, right? All of those disciples, one of their skillful traits, but they were fishermen, right? And right. so the irony of all that, just, I don't know why in that moment, and that's my prayer throughout the week, show me why you wanted me to see that. And maybe this call is confirmation. Amen. The irony of the fact that these fishermen were now at sea, the wind was all ablaze and they were fretful, right? Mm -hmm. At sea before, you're yeah. fishermen. Right. It was like that coach that's now in crunch time and now you're nervous. Right. Coaches. We're in time all the time, right? But now trouble hits and these skillful individuals are afraid because the wind has become too much and too treacherous for them to be able to sail. They're fretful. They see Christ out on the water and here's the thing. They, all Christ said was this, come. Come. Come, right? They questioned, they were afraid. But the word that stuck out to me was much like what you just described in this whole call. It says in the fourth watch of the night. So you see, I'm the type of person when I don't know what something means, I'm gonna figure it out. I don't like to just be floating out there when I hear something, I'm like, well, what does that mean? And the fourth watch of the night is the last watch before the break of day. Mm -hmm. I said, God, I got it. See, we get so frustrated and caught up in when things don't go our way. Oh my God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. This seemed bleak. I just, I can't find my way out of it. But God, has a way. I tell people all the time, I love Christine Kane. And one of the things she says, one of her famous lines, she always says, impossible is where God starts. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't want to leave any question mark that it was him, that you had anything to do with it. And there was no irony of the fact that he came in the fourth watch of the night, because nine times out of 10, that's how God comes through in our lives, in his timing. Amen. Amen. That was just so huge, even just like that, to have that ability and that trust now, that if you ask me, Christ said, hey, like you said, can you get out there, jump out on that bridge? For me, let me just say Oaklockney River, okay? Mm -hmm. Jump off that bridge and get on it. And he says, come, I'm to a place in my life, Coach Hub. I am truly, and I say this with no hesitation. If Christ truly said, jump over this thing and walk out on a Glockney River, you about to see me and my Air Force Ones across <laughs> with no hesitation because of what up. And what he's been in my life. Amen. Amen. And that's and that's and, and that's how we gotta be. That's that's how he calls us to be. And you know, it's I so so much, so many decisions that we have to make in our lives. Um, and you know, we gotta make sure that we allow God to be a part of all of them. Come on. Big to the small. You know, God do I do I get this surgery for this for this cancer treatment? Uh, God, do I wear this green shirt today or this yellow yeah. shirt? Because somebody gonna be drawn to me for this yellow shirt, whatever it might be. And you know, we call him friend, 
Think about the friends that you have. Think about the people who are your friends and the things that you tell them. God want to be your friend. He want to be your friend. And not until you allow him to be your friend will you begin to hear him, to be able to understand when it's him that's speaking to you so you have that clarity. Uh, amen. And, 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 and so then when he says to do that thing that doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. walk on water, quit your job and you know, give it all up, follow me, I'll provide for you and your family. Like when he call, when he calls you, see, see, if you 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 won't allow him to tell you yellow shirt over green shirt. Come on. Like like that. You and we don't realize that sometimes that when we neg- when we neglect to allow him to be a part of little things. Yes. All right. It affects how we hear him in the big things. Come on, coach. And so oatmeal or cereal. Colgate or Crest? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> power aid, whatever. God, which one? You know, which one? Aquafina or the Sunny? Which one today? Come on. What's going to draw somebody so I can witness to them, so I can drop that line in their life? You know, and then and when I'm hearing him, when I, you listen, if you hear God say, don't drink that Aquafina today, drink that the Sunny. If you, if you hear that, you're going to hear him tell you, quit your job. Yep. Uh, uh, write, write the check for 3000 at church today. Yep. You know, have the surgery. Don't have the surgery. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear him on those things. And you're going to hear him just as clear on, do I put this sugar on my grits or not? And you shouldn't be. That's another story. Coach Hub, I was about to kick you off the podcast, okay? I'm with, I was about to kick you off the podcast. I told you I'm from D.C. I'm from D.C., deep country. I'm putting no sugar on no grits. But look, if, okay. you can, if you can hear him on sugar on grits or not, you're going to hear him about that big stuff. And then, and then when you learn that voice and you understand that voice and you understand when it's the Holy Spirit nudging you and directing you and guiding you in that little bit of stuff, like you, there. Listen, like we talked about earlier, some of it can be scary. It ain't scary no more. There's no fear anymore. Come on. I haven't had no fear in trusting God. Come on. There's no fear in trusting God. God said, "There's nothing." The fear is gone. When I say it, is what I need to be scared. You better speak, and you know what I'm saying here. I know we're about to start winding up. But you just all on it today. You know, I'm sitting here and as you said, those smaller things, green and yellow shirt, right? Oatmeal cereal. And some someone hear that and just kind of, you know, I chuckle, but I chuckle because I know. Amen. Laugh. I'm like, Lord, okay, my knee really hurt today. Could you please provide a parking spot? And if it doesn't open right on up, like that's not coincidence. We throughout the day. I don't just go when I need, but because I prayed those prayers. Right. As you said, those prayers, that's common conversation of knowing you can come through, it built my faith, just like the muscles in the weight room. Amen. You don't go in there and you never lift it and and start maxing out. Yeah. You got to work your way up. And so because I learned to pray, God, could you please provide a closer parking space? God, please don't let it rain because I forgot my umbrella, right? When that doctor said, you have an aneurysm that's in a very hard place to get 
Now I know these strategies and I can go get it, but you also listed the negative side effects. So when I heard him say, I provide a park spot, when right. I heard him say, I'll hold up the rain, I also heard him say, watch and wait. Same God. Same God. Same God. God also years later, when a pro, and that's especially said, I'll go get it, walked into a pre-op room and said, I don't see anything. Amen. Amen. So when you build that relationship with him, like you said, I can hear you clearly. And the other portion you said that about send me out of here is truly if we can be loud and a general to anything the enemy is leading or spearheading, you best believe I'm about to be the biggest, the captain of the Amen. drum major, right? Like I'm in the hundred for Amen. Christ and his work. Amen. Amen. I'm going to walk with a big stick for God. Come on here. All the glory. And give Do my all shuffle glory. and my split in the middle of center field ready. All of it. All of it. The mighty 100. Come down here and tell her has that had to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what they call the mighty 100? Or, or yeah, the, the, the March 100, right? March. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you already know. The incomparable. Shout out to the marching 100. I'm down here in Tallahassee. We give it to Dr. Chipman, Willie Simmons, head football coach. He was our very first third leader. Got to give him a shout out real quick. Amen. Amen. Like you are truly, truly on it today. And I mean, a word, uh, Coach Coleman said, as a coach, leave a perennial winner to take over a bottom feeder. Do you step off the boat or do you stay comfortable in the boat? Come on now. Amen. Crazy part about that is you're going to end up in a place where you're not comfortable. Come on, come on. We gotta, like, as coaches, win, them win, we all wanna win. Yeah. We all wanna win. I got championship rings. I got championship rings now, four of them. And I honestly don't, I have an idea where they are. But I don't know exactly where they are. I need to find my rings. But I don't know exactly where they are. <laughs> gotta find those, coach. But I do know. Are these players that call me? Come on, to to share with me how God has blessed them. That's it. I do know. I do. I do know that. I got. You know. I do know who they are. I'm a part of those relationships. I to see them get married and have kids. You know. And so we gotta. We we all want to win these games, and we're gonna do what we can to win these games. But my mentor, uh, he, he passed away uh, in, in back in 2007. Um, he always said, and, and, and I, I, I operate this way as a ball coach, you know, he said, I never try to win. I never try to win. I try, and, and I never teach the kids to try to win. I try to teach them to do what's right. Mm. He said, winning is a byproduct of doing what's right. Come on. You just do what's right. You'll win. And so if I can get you to understand, to just do what's right. Not, not, it's, you know, blitz the A-gap right. Not just that. Because even that is not going to come if you're not in math class and doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. If, if you're not studying for chemistry the way you're supposed to study for chemistry. If you're not being the person that you're supposed to be off the field, off the court, you know, wherever it may be. If you're not doing what's right, it's going to trickle over into other areas of your life, right? And in those areas of your life, are going to trickle over into the, 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 the field of competition, and you're not going to succeed the way that you should. And so 
I have always held on to that. And it's always been, it has always been how I have coached. I want you to just do what's right. And, 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 and I repeat, and this is not to just pat myself on the back. I've got four championship rings. I've got four championship rings. Not one of them did I get with that coach. All right. And, and, and that's not to downplay my time with him, but that's to say that I left him, held on to that nugget, get him to do what's right. And four championship rings later. I won. I've won. I've taken bottom feeders. You know, I've been places where it wasn't the best place to coach ball, but it was what God wanted me at that particular time. And so I stepped out there and I did what God wanted me to do. And I walked that thing out the way he wanted me to walk it out. And then he moved me. And then he moved me. And, 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 and here I am today. That's it. That's it. Now, Coach, there are two words, two questions, shall I say, that I got to give you before we close out. And those are those initiating questions that get you into the servant leader family. The fifth enshrines you, right? Puts your coat on. All right. You know, they had a Hall of Fame enshrinement the other day. You put your coat on. I'm going to have to start getting some purple and red coats or something. But Coach, you know, the first one is there's a lot of what you said today that truly is just confirmation for things, you know, that I pray for and that I'm in tune with Christ with. And one of the things I love to do is I like to say God is, right? And then I try my best to just continue to talk with who he is, what he is, what he's done, what he hasn't been. Because come on here, sometimes our biggest blessing is what he's not. Okay. Now that can go on for minutes with me. You only get one answer today. So okay. to say God is, and I left a blank. How would Coach Kevin Hubbard feel that in? God is what? Faith. Come on now. Faith. He's faithful to do what he said he would do. And, Come on. And, 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 and when we know that, and, and when we hold on to that, that God is going to do what he said he would do, then that's when we start getting into that realm of erasing fear of, of he said, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about God. God don't mind you reminded. He don't mind if you remind him of what he said. All right. Yeah. He don't, he don't mind if you come to him and say, Hey, Hey, Hey God, you said so-and-so and so-and-so. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And, 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 and you have and you have operated and moved and done the things that I have asked you to do the way that I've asked you to do them. And because he's faithful to do what he said he'll do, he move on your behalf, operate in your faith. Come on now. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. And of course, this is the servant leader, Coaches Bible Study, where we work to normalize coaches and leaders of faith, where servant leadership is the platform we work to work and give individuals a great definition a great showmanship or what servant leadership truly is so i tell people i'm truly on a mission with each one of these calls each one of these podcast episodes it is tapping into laying the foundation to what servant leadership truly is at its core right mm -hmm. so servant leadership two words right various meanings 
but to coach Kevin Hubbard, servant leadership. What is servant leadership to you? If you if you uh, if you look at my bio on Twitter, I've got a, a Bible verse there, and that's my that's my one. That's my verse that 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 guides me, and it kind of speaks to what I said just a few moments ago about doing what's right all the time, no matter the situation. Uh, it's Colossians three twenty three, and uh, it reads uh, it reads. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. And as a servant leader, as, as, as somebody who is called to lead others, but in leading them to serve them, I think it is imperative that we, whatever it is that we do, that we do it with an audience of one. And that audience of one is God. If, if whatever I do for you, for him, for her, for them, if whatever I do in, in trying to serve them and lead them, if, if, if I do it, if I do it with a mindset that only God is watching, and that's the only approval I need. Then, then, then one of them will do it the right way, all right, with, with his guidance. And two, the, 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 the power behind the act will be limitless. It will be limitless on how you can affect the people who receive that service, who receive that leadership it would be limitless on the people that it will affect. All right? And I talked about starting the Bible study at Black Hill State University in Spearfish, South Dakota that's still going on today. I've been gone since 2019. Me and a young lady, she was, there, she was a female basketball coach, started the Bible study. Kids were on fire for it, and they holding it down to God be the glory. We set that thing up and did that thing the way God wanted us to do it. And, and, and we were able to take our physical worldly hands off of it and allow his Holy Spirit to, 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 to come in and, 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 and keep that thing going. And it's just impacting lives still. Still impacting lives today. As you said, that's God. Amen. Amen. I love it. Amen to that. Never hurts to be reminded of that, to do it for an audience of one. Yeah, I agree. Coach, I gotta thank you. I really do. I gotta thank you just for one, being obedient. Amen. Loyal. Amen. Three, for being consistent and hanging in there with me. Amen. But more than that, just being his vessel and allowing him his way recognizing that the agenda shifted Amen. And, and it wasn't about you it was about what he had to do through you for that amen so i thank you so much just for being here coach you truly have laid a word that i know helped us tonight and will help all those that will hear the podcast uh when we upload your episode so coach one of my favorite things to say is that you are now a part of the servant leader family
It is a privilege and an honor to enshrine you in and to continue to strengthen uh, this mission and movement and platform of God as we work to normalize sports and faith. And so I just thank you for being a part of that. Amen. I thank you for having me. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of the Servant Leader family. For sure. Coach, I, I, I do. I really do. And I know that we'll definitely um, be iron that sharpens one another as, as we continue this journey. Um, if you don't mind, Coach, could you give us a prayer to close out? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't mind. I don't mind. Before, I know we've been on here a while. I just want to share, um, you know, gentlemen, I met Mike Stokes. He, uh, and this is something that I try to, I try to embody this. I was a head football coach at high school in Florida, and I would meet different people from different churches around the area, and they would always ask, is there something I can do? Is there something you need? And I would always ask. I was a public high school. Um, I wasn't going to shy away from witnessing to the kids. I wasn't going to shy away from sharing a word with them. And if it cost me my job, it cost me my job. I was, I was, I was fine with that. Um, but I, but I, but I wasn't stupid either. I, I knew, you know, um, so, so when those churches would ask, I would always ask, I want a chaplain. I want a chaplain. Can, can, can you help me get a chaplain for the team? Somebody that you have all access the door is always open to you. I don't care the time, whatever. It's open to you. Be around the team, locker room, meals, practices. You always have. And, and and Mike said, man, I think I can do that. I think I can do that. And he ended up doing that for us uh, while I was there. And, and I was, it, was a, it was wonderful. Uh, and he had relationships he built with the kids that you know I knew nothing about. He was there as a vessel from God. And, and get to it because you asked me to pray. And, and so that meeting, we were in that meeting. And he said, coach, is there anything else I can do for you? And I said to him what a lot of Christians say, and I encourage y'all, I share this as much as I can. I encourage y'all to embody this practice. He said, I said to him, he says, anything else I can do for you? I said, yeah, just pray for me. Before I could say me, he, he was on the edge of my desk, head bowed, and he began praying. And I looked, I'm like, so I dropped my head and I listened to the prayer and amen. And I, and I, and I, and I raised up and I look at him and, and, and he's looking at me and he's like, you wanted me to pray for you, right? I was like, yeah, thank you, you know? Um, and of course, I'm sure all of you understand, I meant for him to ongoing in his prayer time, say my name, you know, speak, lift me up to God that I can, you know, that's what I meant. But what I'm getting at is, and I encourage you all to, because we all do it, we all do it. I'm gonna pray for you and forget. I'm gonna be praying for you and forget. We're human, we have lives, things, you know, we get distracted. Um, and so now I try. Somebody say, hey, can you pray for me? Will you pray for me? My, mom, my mama called me today. She was going through a, a, a moment. I was in the coach's office with my GA sitting there. Um, and she called me on FaceTime. And this my partner, my, that partner, she said, baby, pray for me. I said, okay, you all right? She said, yeah. And I just started praying for her. I just started praying for right there. And my GA was telling me a story when I answered the phone and he just got quiet and we went into prayer for, for, for a moment. And afterwards he said, I forgot what I was going to tell you coach, but that was much better. That was much better. <laughs> yes. I, I just want to share that. But, uh, you know, you say what I pray for you. Absolutely. I will. Uh, I will, I will definitely have a conversation with God in the midst of us all. So if y'all don't mind, 
briefly and quickly. Uh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come giving honor and praise to you. Thanking you, Lord, that you are in the midst of us. Uh, as your word says, two or more gathered in your name. Here we are, Lord, gathered together in your name, in the name of the name that, uh, uh, that is above all names, the name of Jesus. Uh, here we are. We thank you that you're in the midst with us electronically over the over the airways that, that we're affecting lives uh, that are present, that we're affecting lives that will hear the podcast afterwards. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you pour into to Chelsea uh, continuously. Lord, thank you for giving her this 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 platform. Thank you for giving her desire to 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 create this podcast, to have these meetings. Uh, so that people can get together, people in our profession, that is usually not a profession that's that's viewed as as holy people, as people that are set set apart to to do your will. And so we thank you for this platform. We thank you for this opportunity to spread the gospel through sport. Uh, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. A mighty God, you are a loving God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen, Coach. Amen. 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 Thank you so much again, Coach, just for your message, your time. Just for being who you are, I thank you all for listening and for fellowshipping with us. If there's anything we can ever do, all you have to reach out. We'll see you guys next time. Amen.